0: Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ plus authors, characters and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello and welcome to Out With Dan. Today, I'm so excited to be talking to Timothy Janowski about his debut novel, Never Been Kissed. Welcome. Yeah, I love that book cover.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Me too. I feel like it has the perfect amount of cutesy nostalgia.
0: (laughs) I totally agree. And it sets us up for what our story is about. Yeah. So that's a wonderful thing. So are you a big fan of drive-in theaters, or is this something that you created for this book?
1: So um, at the top of 2020, really when the pandemic started, I've always been a fan of movies and movie theaters, but not necessarily drive-ins. Um, but when COVID hit, um, I really, really love the communal experience of watching films with other people. And so the only opportunity to do that safely was at a drive-in movie theater. And um, lucky for me, my partner lives in driving distance of three drive-in oh. movie theaters um, in uh, Pennsylvania. So uh, we got to go there and experience first-run movies. We got to see older classic movies. Like we um, we saw the original Halloween film on Halloween night at oh, the drive-in. Nice. Someone was running around with a Michael Myers mask on, which I did <laughs> not enjoy, but um,
0: <laughs> it was still
1: cool. And so I just, I, I have um, kind of a dormant love and crush on Danny Zuko from Grease. And that alone at the drive-in moment always kind of gets me in the feels. And so I just, exploring the more, I was like, I got to set a rom-com here.
0: (laughs) I love it. I also, your main character, Ren, I just fell in love with. He's just the, well, I don't want to be unkind, but he's just neurotic enough and obsessive enough that it appealed to all of my issues that i have as well so i'm like i love him (laughs) (laughs)
1: no i mean neurotic is not an insult so
0: (laughs) well and i think that his stick-to-itiveness is i mean it's what drives the book and i love that about him he has a passion and he's setting out for passion and he's a list maker so he makes lists of things that he wants to do and i find that in real life that is a a great way to move the ball forward is by making lists.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I love his two best friends. They just don't get any better than that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really wanted to capture that um, kind of found family element a lot of queer folk find in college, because specifically when I was in high school, I didn't, didn't really have a very large group of LGBTQIA friends. And so I didn't really experience what that kind of companionship could feel like until I got to college. So Ren was, gets that
0: experience too. Yes, he does. I had I had friends in high school that were gay, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I didn't know I was. I mean, I knew I liked boys, but I didn't know to what extent. And so that was, I was the same thing when I got to college, then I really began to understand a little more about me and then to pick up friends that fit into a family. And I think that's a thing that I've seen in quite a few LGBTQ plus books that I've been reading and exploring is that you know the found family is so important.
1: Yeah i agree and i think there's this sense of community that you can only get in that sense of found family and in the book specifically i wanted to give ren this group of close friends his own age and then kind of this blossoming relationship that he has with alice kelly who's kind of a curmudgeonly film director who you know, didn't at the time identify as bisexual, but would identify as such now. And um, that kind of intergenerational friendship that can happen with queer folk as well, because there's, you know, a lineage and a history that, you know, sometimes gets pushed to the wayside. And I wanted to show the different ways that
0: LGBTQ plus people can um, interact and, again, find community. I totally agree. I loved Alice because I sort of feel like as I'm aging, I'm getting a lot more like Alice, you know, Uh you find as you get a little older that there are things that you can get away with that you might not could have gotten away with at 20. And so of course, I love Alice for that. So I liked writing her. She was, (laughs) I think there's,
1: she lives inside me somewhere, but she's not socially acceptable to let out.
0: And so it was Mm -hmm. fun to write her. (laughs) Jen usually helps me get my Alice out, whether my friends like it or not. So (laughs) (laughs) I did love the drunk, text. So I do have to ask you as an author first and then to talk about it. So how many, have you sent a drunk text similar to Rens? Oh no. No, I
1: have not. I do, I'm very uh, methodical and I, I, I I'm not, it was funny. Someone actually brought up to me, they were like, oh, I don't drink, but I was reading your book and I noticed that, that, you know, they're not heavy drinkers, but they're, you know, they're social drinkers. And they were like, I was just so surprised at all the different settings and all the different kinds of alcohol there were. I was like, well, that was college. (laughs) So, um, you know, I, I, I would say College Me definitely had some moments, some lapsing <laughs> moments, some phone calls I regret making. But I will say that leaving paper trails, I was very good at not doing that,
0: <laughs> at least. That's wise, that's yeah. very wise. You know, it's like, there are some days I get up in the morning and I'll find a text from my friends and they're like, we needed the translator. And I'm like, oopsie, well, you know. <laughs> I I think it was fun
1: writing Wren's uh, drunken emails too because he these were things that he wrote kind of in the moment and kind of just like hoarded away in a file somewhere <laughs> and then he just gets so drunk that he's like I'm gonna send him and it's gonna be great and right? it's like, that it, blew the up outcome is
0: going to be fabulous <laughs> yeah
1: I do feel like when I was I mean I'm 25 going on 26 and Ren's 22 and so but I, I remember being in my late teens early 20s and just having visions of grandeur um Because I did, um, my my editor and I talked about this a little bit, that I did kind of um, before I came out was uh, very into letter writing for people I had crushes on because it was just a good way to put my emotions on paper. And maybe like you said, I, I had a feeling I was gay, but I wasn't entirely sure. And so, you know, when I had crushes on guys, I would often write these little letters that I, you know, saved in a little file. And I was like, no one's going to see these. And, you know, one time I did almost send one, but I I got to walk it back and it was all good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's a, I think it's something a lot of people experience. I think that, you know, when, it doesn't matter if you're straight or gay or where you fall on the spectrum, we all have a bit of angst about a relationship or something that we would like to be a relationship. One of the things that I did learn in your book uh, was the term demisexual, something I did not know about. Um, I know about a lot of things, but that was not one, but can you speak to that a little bit? It was very enlightening for me. Yeah, so the weird thing about working on
1: this book was that I started, A lot of times when I start writing a new project, I'll write the first couple chapters to find voice and character and just kind of get the general vibe of what I'm creating. And then I'll go back and structure it and and, and do the pre-work that I need to do before I write the whole book. And I think I wrote the first two chapters was like, huh. I think Ren is demisexual and then I wrote the third and fourth chapter and I was like, oh, he doesn't know. And you know, for listeners out there who who don't know, demisexual is an identity on the asexual spectrum that essentially means you need to build a, a kind of a modicum of friendship and trust, kind of an emotional intimacy mm-hmm. with that person before sexual attraction enters the picture of the relationship. and. For me, that was really interesting because it was something that I had not explored in myself. It was something that I had um, heard friends exploring. Um, You know, I have friends all along the asexual spectrum who, you know, have informed me of these things. And I learned a lot um, about the spectrum in college, but I never really interrogated it for myself. And so when I was writing Ren, this character who had never been kissed, perfect list writer uh you know has is kind of building this package around this one intimate experience and he cannot for the life of him figure out why can't i just get it over with i was like ah okay and so i think there was a moment of character introspection that happened where i was like oh this is an unexplored facet of himself he doesn't quite know that there's another um I don't wanna say hurdle, but like essentially another hurdle that he has to overcome before he can actually fully be vulnerable and open to romantic and sexual love.
0: And I think one of the most wonderful things in my imagination right now is the fact that we do have lots of books that are out where uh, different places on the spectrum are being explored. These are things that 20 years ago weren't talked about um, the fact that the vice president uses pronouns, that, was, that would never have been heard of. We're, we're fortunate, I think, in today's world that we do have authors like you who explore demisexual um, they're, because people need to be seen. They need to be felt. They need to see representation of themselves. And I loved that because as I said, it was something that I learned, which is always a wonderful thing. And the character is embraces that. And you as an author, you've created that for him. And I thank you very much for that. Oh, well, thank you.
1: I think it was interesting for me as well to write that story because, you know, Ren decides at the very end, I'm going to identify as queer. When people ask, I'll use the word queer, which, you know, is a word, um, you know, kind of still in its evolution of reclamation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, but that's a word that I have chosen for myself to use and identify as kind of a catch-all term because I do notice that self-identity and exploration is kind of an ever-expanding journey. I mean, there's no one yes. end point. And so that's what I really wanted to tell readers in this book is that um, come out, don't come out, f- come out when you're ready. You don't have to come out to be queer, but also that there is, um, there's no fixed end point. I think Wren says something about crossing the crossing the finish line, right? There's no finish line. No. Life no. is one long continuous journey of self-exploration.
0: It is. And we we do find that we may not be on the same part of the spectrum when we're 20 or 40 or 60 or 100. It, it's as you say about Alice Kelly, you know, here is someone who might not have had the opportunity to identify as bisexual. Um, and now she does that. That's a very life-affirming thing. And it's also, if you're fortunate enough to live long enough, you get to see the world hopefully progress forward. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I was having so much fun doing research about female film directors from the 1970s when I was writing her character. And, you know, I kind of learned through that time that I think it was the 1970s when bisexual, the term was first used in like Time Magazine or something like that first kind of mainstream media outlet to actually coin that term. And so, you know, her who was like in the middle of her, her prime, her artistic prime, because that's when she was working in Hollywood still, that wouldn't have probably been on her radar. Yeah. And especially because the, um, the feminist movement at the time was very much, um, Uh, just disjointed in the sense that there was like, uh, gay women and there was straight women and bisexual women and pansexual women and trans women kind of fell through the cracks of the two because they didn't really have a place in either. And so I think for um, a very strong-willed woman, she probably (laughs) would have been looking for a force and a community and a uh, a cause to rally behind and, and wrestling with a lot of internal struggle, so.
0: Yes, and, I, and as you say, I've followed the women's movement quite a bit, and there was, there was, to begin with, there was a lot of inclusion until, of course, as with all organizations, people want to be in power, and then some people say, oh, well, we can't really include the lesbians and bisexuals in the women's movement. They can be in it, but they can't be the face of it because it's an uphill battle, and then we look at it now, 50 years later, we still don't have equal... We don't have an equal rights amendment passed um, by Congress or enough states to make it uh, ratified into law. And we still have a ways to go. Yeah. But every time an author comes out with a book that has characters that we can see on the spectrum and to move the ball forward little by little, we chip away at it. And that's a wonderful thing.
1: Well, thank you. And yes. I. I, I put it all in a nice fluffy cotton candy package. So I hope <laughs> that it's digestible and it's underneath the surface. So if, if you want to read into it and learn more, you're welcome to do so. But if you want to read it as the, the story it is on the page, that is also
0: great. Well, and I did fall in love with Derek because he's handsome and, you know, so of course I'm... <laughs> and Rich is never a bad thing either. So, you know, the fact that Wren gets his, um, he gets his wish list is a wonderful thing. And then of course, as with all rom-coms, we have to see how they get to that place so and that was well done i i really did enjoy the the drive-in so much i thought it was so fun and i do think the book should come with uh popcorn because you know
1: (laughs) i i believe so it's a book best read with snacks i also think it's a book best read i call it a non-beachy beach read it's the thing you read when you're sunburned and back at the house and just like sitting on the porch with the stars
0: (laughs) out I love it. I love it. Are you working on now? So this came out May third. Again, it's never been kissed. And um, it has, it is getting wonderful reviews. And I'm very happy for that. It seems like you've been very busy. And uh, are you working on another project? Do you have something else coming out soon?
1: Yeah, so um, on October 4th of this year, my holiday rom-com, You're a Mean One, Matthew Prince, will be out um, in bookstores. This is, um, just as a brief little description, Rich spoiled, young Matthew Prince uh, goes through a little bit of a PR snafu, gets sent to stay with grandma and grandpa in the Berkshires uh, for Christmas, only to find that they are also housing a local college student who's under some financial hardship. Uh, They're not only going to be sharing a room and a bathroom, but they will also be sharing a bunk bed for the holidays. (laughs) Um, There is hijinks, there is shenanigans. It's an opposites attract forced proximity rom-com, good for fans of Schitt's Creek. Um, so that book will be out soon. And I'm currently working on my third rom-com, which will be out in 2023, which is called New Adult. And it will it is a uh, queer time travel rom-com. So,
0: you know. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. So do you have a website, social media, anything you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so you can find me at
1: timothyjanofsky.com. There I also have a newsletter, so if you want to stay in touch and learn about sales and upcoming events, you can uh, subscribe to that. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and TikTok, all under at timothyjanofsky.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me and discussing your book. It was wonderful. It's available everywhere. It's a must read and it's so much fun. Well, thank you
1: so much for having
0: me. This has been wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Stick around with me just a second. Of course. Thank you for joining me with Out With Dan. See you soon. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com on Twitter at OutWithDan, and on Instagram and Facebook at GoOutWithDan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by Bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.